Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I have the honor of being with the bishop each week, and you do too, with the advent of radio and podcasts to talk about our Catholic faith and help people get to heaven. Bishop Strickland, thanks again for this one hour of your time and sharing the gospel. I appreciate that. Sure, Terry. Glad to do it. Well, I just want to get right into your tweets, and I have a special tweet from Jim Caviso that fits right in with your tweets. I think you actually tweeted this, but let's go with the first one. You said, through the ages, martyrs have continued to inspire and strengthen people of faith, like us. Those who lack faith can't understand. Those who have faith understand and know that we are all called from our baptism to be willing to follow Jesus even unto death. And then you put holy martyrs pray for us. Well, I'm, I, before I play this clip, I want to ask you, why, why at this time are you quoting, uh, the, the, saying that the, that the martyrs were willing to lay down our faith? Are you insinuating that maybe some of us might have to do the same thing today? Well, really, Terry, no. Okay. I'm saying we absolutely have to do the same thing. Uh-huh. We may not have to shed our blood, but right. we need to lay down our lives. We need to lay down whatever we have mm-hmm. for the truth. And yeah, it might come to shedding our blood, but we need to do it now. It's not some future possibility. Yeah. It's And it's a joyful calling. There's nothing more joyful than to join our lives with Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, he suffered, but he also brings great joy. He brings the light of truth and he brings his glory to us. So what's a little suffering when you, it allows you to embrace the glory of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. So it's not a future possibility. Certainly, um, what kind of, what form the martyrdom takes. Yeah, dry martyrdom maybe, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it can take different forms. Sure, I get but it. But people, people right now are losing their jobs yep. because of the principles that are guiding them. They are having to, to lose privileges. They're, they're suffering in all kinds of ways. Yeah. That's a martyrdom of a kind. that, And we all have to be ready to sacrifice whatever, including our lives, in order to live the truth of Christ. It's it only makes sense if you know who Christ is. He's the Lord of everlasting life. This life is a brief journey. Yeah. We know that. Oh yeah. And it it gets it goes more quickly the the further down you get on the path as we're both 60 plus. Yep. The, right. the time speeds up. Absolutely. So we all need to and the greatest compassion, I know I've said it before, But the greatest compassion for all these politicians and all these people that love to yell at us and yell at me (laughs) and say I'm crazy or I'm I'm off my rocker. The greatest compassion for anyone who yells at me is to simply say the truth, because the truth is what sets us free. As you referred to that um, talk by Jim Caviezel, he was quoting... Um, I honestly don't remember, but when it's the truth, you're just glad to requote it. Yeah. Um, but he said something very important. Yes, he did. He said, real freedom is the right to do what we ought. Absolutely. That is very simple. Yeah. But that's what freedom is. Yeah. The right to do the right thing, the right to do what we ought to do. Yeah. And that is... We've lost that idea of freedom. Oh, freedom is to do whatever you think you want to you feel like today. 
That's not real freedom. No. Real freedom is the right to do what we ought to do. That's the right to do the right thing, to live the truth. And there's only one truth. It doesn't change. It's not this today and that tomorrow. It's one truth that is everlasting. So that is the greatest love is to guide people to that truth. Well said. And uh, St. John Paul, we're going to talk about him a little later in the show. He said that at Baltimore uh, Stadium back in 1987. That quote was very similar to what you said about following the truth. Um, You mentioned Jim Caviso, and we're going to play a clip. And get your seatbelts on, everybody, because I want to. Every time I hear this clip, I, I, I stand up and say, Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever, because what he said was so true. Now, this was a quote. Part of it was from Braveheart. If anybody saw the movie, I didn't see it, but a lot of my friends did. But he also changes some of it and uses his own words, especially about St. Michael. and the. Oh, it's just it's beautiful. So I'm going to ask the engineer to play the clip and then ask Bishop Strickland to comment on it. I see before me a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? This man says, no, we'll run and we'll live. Yep, fight and you may die. Run and you'll live for at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you have been willing to trade all the years from this day to that for one chance? Just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that you can take our lives you can never take our freedom. Every man dies. Not every man truly lives. You, 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 you. We must fight for that authentic freedom and live, my friends. By God, we must live. And with the Holy Spirit as your shield and Christ as your sword, may you join St. Michael and all the angels in defending God and sending Lucifer and his henchmen straight right back to hell where they belong. Sign me up, Bishop Strickland. I love that. I can't... I, mean, I just... It's so true what he said, and he and he's an actor. I mean, I, Bishop Strickland, I met him 25 years ago at our family conference, and he was just coming back to his faith. And I didn't know he was going to end up playing Jesus in the year 2000, and he'd be such a fervent Catholic. Praise God for that. But let me ask you, Bishop Strickland, when you hear this man speak the truth with such passion, as a man, doesn't that just fire you up? Absolutely. And... You know, really, Terry, I'm thinking as a bishop, that's how I need to talk. Yes. Um, And we need to be strong. We need to be joyful. Yes. We need to be clear, not not attacking anyone, but saying, yes, I will die for this freedom because real freedom, like we were already just talking about, Mm -hmm. Real freedom is about choosing to live the way of Christ. Amen. And that's what we have to be willing to sacrifice anything for, for our communities, for our families, for every uh, aspect of society that we can have any effect on. Mm -hmm. We have to be men who will stand up for the truth. And truth is Christ is truth incarnate. So standing for the truth is always standing for Christ. As we read weeks ago in the catechism, and I still remember it, um, a brief paragraph that said, 
all of sacred scripture speaks of Christ. Yeah. It is Christ because he is the incarnate word. So when we are standing for the truth, we're standing for someone, not just something. Uh, just recently, someone shared with me that the truth has a face, <laughs> and it's the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we have to be inspired by. And Jim Caviezel and, and the greatest preachers, it's really not Jim that's inspiring us. It's the truth that's right. that, that is Jesus Christ. That's what inspires him to go against the norms of Hollywood to risk maybe never getting another job because of the, the liberalism in oh, yeah. Hollywood that wants to reject God and mock Christ. He's making movies that really elevate the, the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we all need to do. I'm no movie star, but we all need to. As a bishop, you as a radio broadcaster and evangelist, we all need to be proclaiming the truth and that's simultaneously proclaiming Jesus Christ because he is the truth. Well, Bishop Strickland, thank you for saying that because it reminds me now, uh, and that is, I just saw that the industry, the trucker industry, the dentist industry, all kinds of uh, industries came to President Biden and said, if you implement the 100 employees or more to get vaccinated, one third of my staff are going to leave and not get vaccinated. And that's going to turn our company into bankruptcy. Okay. That's what they told the president. And he said, at least give us more time. Give us more time. Now, why do I say that? Because I don't condemn anybody who wants to get the vaccine. Okay. My moral conscience says from what I've, I've demonstrated, you've demonstrated that not for us. We're not going to have any tinted, tainted uh, vaccine from abortion. I'm not going to do it. If it means living another 10 years in my dying in my bed, as Jim Cavisa says, now uh, I would rather, and Bishop Strickland, I already got COVID and I survived it, but if I didn't survive it, oh, well, was I living in the state of grace? Praise God. So my question to you is you tweeted a comment about the vaccine and about abortion. And what did you actually say? Because I don't have the, generally, what, what was your message regarding the COVID-19 vaccines tying into abortion again. What was your thought on that? Well, it's more and more evidence, which which I've known since even before the vaccine came out. Yeah. I was already telling people we have to watch this because I was already through. I mean, I don't know anything. I don't claim to be a scientist. I'm not. Um, but Thankfully, I, ha I was in touch with people who were saying yeah. they had clear evidence yeah. acknowledged, documented by these companies yes. that they were using aborted children. And it's connected to vaccines. It's connected to so many things. And we need to wake up and say, no, we can't go back and change the past, but we need to change the future. Well said. We are listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back, we'll talk more about his tweets and how they should inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus and his church. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I call this show today, Stand Up for Jesus. Because Bishop Strickland's been 
been tweeting so many inspirational statements from either the saints or scripture or from good holy priests to inspire us to stand up right now because we're facing a major obstacle in our culture. Uh, The world is acting like God doesn't exist, and we have the fullness of the truth in our Catholic faith, and we're asking people to stand up for Jesus and say no to the culture of death. Now, Bishop Strickland, you did another tweet where you said you quoted a priest, the Father Terence Henry, and I like what he said. The age of casual Catholicism is over. (laughs) The age of heroic Catholicism has begun. We can no longer be Catholic by accident, but instead we must be Catholic by conviction. Boy, that says a mouthful. Yeah, and I think he's right. And Spot on. To be sort of lukewarm as a Catholic, um, it, it just doesn't work any longer. And too many, sadly, are instead of really saying, I'm going to be on fire with the faith, they walk away because it's asking more than they're willing to give. They're still beloved of God. And I think that that's one of the main things we need to remember. We can all get um, caught up in the controversies and really very exasperated with people that don't know the truth and really say vile things to us or about us. Yeah. But we have to remember that, you know, it's very simple and it sounds sort of like a nice little greeting card. But if we really know what we're talking about, when we say they will know we are Christians by our love, if we know what Christian is and we know what love is, then we definitely need to demonstrate it. Yeah. They need to see in our actions and the way that we live. Yeah. And certainly... In our time, I guess it's always been the case, but with social media and all the soundbite culture that we live in, mm-hmm. people can hurl barbs at us that uh, really don't make any sense, yeah. but they can, you know, kind of take jabs and and try to strike down an argument for the truth. We don't hate anyone. We don't attack anyone. We simply clearly as men and women of God, we stand for the truth. There's a, a men's march that's coming up November 15th. It's going to be in Baltimore. Right. I just, again, tweeted encouragement to participate in that. Good. And as I said, if you can go to Baltimore, go to Baltimore. But if you can't, then gather in, in your hometown with faithful men who want to stand for life. That's what it's about, a march for the end of abortion. Amen. The, we men need to stand up and and make our voices heard for the voiceless. We talk about it all the time, but I think it is one of the, if not the most critical issue of our time, because so many things, it's like a, a giant evil octopus, and it's woven into the tentacles of abortion or woven into the economy They're woven into the breakdown of family and marriage. They're woven into the denigration of women and human trafficking. It's woven into everything and into the the vaccine and too many other medications. Um, We need to say no to abortion as one basic step toward a holier world and a more peaceful world. 
Well said, Bishop Strickland. Well said. All right, on October 21st, you did another tweet. And it just seems, again, stand up for Jesus. This is the theme of the, today's show. Uh, and I, I want to use that word syncretism, that, and I'll define that. It's like one religion is as good as another. And, and sometimes, Bishop Strickland, my concern is, even in our church, we're giving mixed <clears throat> signals when it comes to the kingship of Christ. In other words, the uniqueness of our Catholic faith. And I'm not pointing fingers other than saying, let's get one voice on that that says, everyone on the planet, you know, we want them to know Jesus Christ and accept Christ and follow Christ, because that's the only way to salvation is through Jesus. I mean, that, is that too hard to say? So here's what you tweeted. Too many voices are speaking of many lords, many faiths, many baptisms. Disciples of Jesus Christ know there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Well said. Any contrary message is a false gospel. The apostles and many early Christians died for this one faith. Will we follow Jesus? Now, I'm sorry to have, I gave you my commentary already. I shouldn't have said that, but it just makes me cringe when I don't hear bishops like you. You're saying it clearly. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. That's is that too much to ask? I don't think so, Bishop Strickland, but um, I'm only asking you to explain why you felt that you needed to be so clear about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Well, Terry, I felt that I needed to be so clear because there's too much lack of clarity. There's too much noise, that, and that's all it is, is noise. It's not truth. It is not love. It is not of Jesus Christ. There's noise saying, oh, well, everyone can just take their own path and everyone has their own belief. That is not, if we believe who Jesus Christ really is. Amen. And and honestly, Terry, I think a lot of times it comes down to that. Yeah. Do we believe that Jesus Christ is fully God, fully man, second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, the eternal word, all that we profess about Jesus Christ, if we really believe it, then we're obligated. If we care about anyone else in the human population, we have the obligation to share that truth with everyone we can. Certainly, as we've talked about before in other contexts, God has given us free will. Yes. And many people choose after they hear of Jesus Christ or think they've heard of him, they walk away. God leaves us free to do that. And we have to respect that freedom of the individual to say, no, that I refuse to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But we who know him, who know he is fully God and fully man, who know he is God's divine son, we have the obligation to share that truth with our brothers and sisters, and continue to love them as God continues to love them, even when they reject him. Ultimately, they will come to their judgment. And and like we were saying before we got on the air, yes, that's what motivates me, and that's what motivates you, is Absolutely. ultimately our own personal salvation. We're it's selfish. responsibility. <laughs> but we 
all the people that we care about, yes. we then extend that same message to them. Yes. Because real love is sharing the truth. And Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. So really, I think part of the crisis of our time is people don't know how to think. They don't know logical steps from if we say Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, if we say that Jesus Christ lived, suffered, died, and rose for all humanity, mm -hmm. then logically we have to say, well, let's get this message to every person. Let's get his message of salvation to every individual. He says in, in the gospel, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And if we believe his message, we have the obligation to share it as he calls us to. He doesn't force anyone, and we should not force anyone. There have been times in history when individuals have, have gone too far yeah. and have tried to force the faith, in, in not just in the, the Catholic Church, but in all kinds of different situations, to almost brainwash people into living Jesus Christ. That is not the Christian tradition. No, it isn't. We don't brainwash anyone. We don't take away human freedom. That's contradictory. That, But we urge people to use their freedom to learn, to form their conscience, and then make their conscience-driven choice. We hope and pray to embrace Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, to live his truth. If they choose not to, we continue to say God loves you and to continue to pray for them as God continues to give them life and the opportunity to make that ultimate choice to follow his son to the Father. Jesus Christ says he is the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I'm one of many ways. I'm one of many truths. I'm one of you know, multiple possibilities of life. He's the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism. That's what we have to share with others. Yep. And if we really love uh, you as a father and myself as a pastor and a spiritual father, we have the obligation to share that truth in every way we can. You have children of your own. Yep. You can't force them to follow Jesus. Nope. Hopefully they are. If they aren't, it, it's at a certain point, it becomes their responsibility. That's right. That's right. It's your responsibility to share the faith as a Catholic father, but you can't force your children to live that faith. And I know it's the heartache of many solid Catholic parents, mothers and fathers, mm -hmm. that their children are ignoring the faith and walking away. Right. But once they become adults, they have to make their own choices. We still love them. As parents continue to love their children, even when they walked away from the truth, as God continues to love all of us when we walk away from his truth incarnate in his son. But that's what we have to keep telling people and bringing them back to the love of Christ. Well said. Before we take a quick break, I love to promote the institute that you have in your diocese. Can we get a plug for that institute, Father, our bishop? Absolutely. The St. Philip Institute, stphilipinstitute.org is a great resource. They're doing great stuff every day to yeah. share the truth, 
to tackle tough subjects, mm-hmm. to, to guide people away from the the ugliness of, of pornography. Mm. We had a great podcast on that just recently. Right. To tackle the hard subjects of really helping people to navigate this crazy world in the truth of Christ. It's a truth that truly sets us free. And so the St. Philip Institute, I couldn't be more proud of the work Good. they're doing. And more people, along with many other great institutes and, and associations like your radio program, Sharing the truth of Christ is the greatest joy that any of us have. Amen. And any institute, any organization that is doing that needs to be supported and applauded for doing that good work. Well said. If you'd like to get more of the full or Bishop Strickland's shows on our podcast, go to vmpr.org. All the podcasts for all the shows are there. You download the free app at vmpr.org and You'll listen to a lot of good programs that will inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus. When we come back, Bishop Strickland tweeted something about a new movie on John 6. Hey, that's a good teaser. We'll be back with more. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I mentioned at the end of the break that there's a new movie coming out on John 6 that demonstrates the Eucharist in a very powerful way. We're familiar with who's doing it. Actually, I'm sending people November 6th up to the Tehachapi Mountains to have, they need extra people for the filming when Jesus uh, you know, blesses the 5,000 with bread, with extra bread. And I want to uh, just encourage people to go to that, uh, you know, be part of it, at least pray for the success of this movie. Bishop Strickland, you actually interviewed here on your show, Angelo, who is the producer of this movie. Uh, Obviously, um, it's talking about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Is that pretty much why you wanted to promote it, because it's the truth about what they're doing? Absolutely. Um, And as you can imagine, Terry, I get contacted by people all the time from all sorts of different areas with all sorts of different ideas and projects. And, you know, my filter is, is it about the truth of Christ? And like, you know, I tweeted Jim Caviezel's talk because that's what he was talking about. (laughs) I don't even know the context of that speech, but I knew that I believe and I'll stand for with him. Everything that Jim Caviezel said, that's, that's what I, have to make my judgments on. I'm with there are a lot of false messages out there. That's, there's a lot of controversy. Yeah, there are a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah, I'm not into any of those. I want to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ and yep. who he is, what his message is about for all humanity. So, and absolutely, as we talked about before, the, the real presence that Jesus said in our Catholic faith that the church has believed since the very beginning, since the earliest days of Christianity, Christians said, we believe him. He's the son of God. We believe when he says, this is my body, this is my blood. We believe he meant it. Yeah. And and the thing about this uh, movie, what really got my attention is that they're, what they're needing extras for is to dramatically show vast crowds of people Yeah walking away when Jesus says, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood to have life in you. Yeah. 
the gospels record yep. that a lot of the crowd walked away. Yep. And so as a cinematographer wants to have an impact, they want vast numbers of people that's shown right. walking away because yes, that's what happened. Yep. As we talked about earlier, God gives us free will. His son on earth didn't force anyone to do anything. He called them to the truth. He called them to conversion. He called them to know that without his body and blood, they would have no life in them. And many people rejected that That's right. of their own free will. They rejected that truth. We need to continue to proclaim that truth. And, and really, Terry, I'm, I live in a, a culture here in East Texas where the vast majority are not Catholic. Mm -hmm. They are Christian. Sure. And we feel a, a, a fellowship there with sure. brothers and sister Christians mm -hmm. in this community. But many people are not Catholic. And it, it's funny because I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic. I grew up in the Catholic faith. I've always, since I was taught making my first communion when I was about seven years old, mm -hmm. We were taught that Jesus is really there, and I've always believed what I was taught as a Catholic. What's interesting is the intricate arguments that people come up with to say, he didn't really mean it. He didn't really mean it. He said it. <laughs> and Catholics, and the most ancient Christian tradition is, he said it, he meant it. Um as um, there's a, a hymn that I love, it's a Marian hymn, but it says, Resurrexit Sicut Dixit, which basically translates, he rose as he said he would. Mm. He told the disciples yes. that he would die and that he would rise on the third day. Right. They didn't understand what that meant. The gospel records that they didn't really know what he was talking about. And Peter, at one point in the gospel, tries to talk him out of it says, oh, Lord, you can't suffer. You don't need to die. And Jesus, what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Exactly. So I, I like to just take what Christ has taught us at face value. I'm not a complicated guy. I'm not a great scholar. I'm not the most learned of Catholics. I'll be the first to admit that. But I believe. Amen. I believe what he taught us. I believe what he died for. And when he says, you must eat my body and drink my blood, the church believed him from the very beginning. The, the disciples that formed the church, it was originally called the way and then called Christian. And then a few centuries later began to be called Catholic. That just means universal. That's all Catholic means is the universal Christian community covering all of the earth that was known at that time and then since the discovery of the new world, it truly is all of the earth. It's a universal faith. But we believe what Jesus said. He said he would rise from the dead. He did. He said, you must eat my body and drink my blood to have life in you. And we believe that. And we need to cling to that belief and be willing, as we talked about earlier, even to die for it, yeah. should that become necessary. Because that's what Catholics have done through the ages. Mm -hmm. Well, Bishop Strickland, I just say that you, what you have is a world biblical view. You've, you take the Word of God, you read it, and you embrace that Word and live it. So that's what we're all called to do. In your tweet, you said, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the sole redeemer of humanity. 
That is a very clear statement. There's no ambiguity here, and I think that's the beauty of our faith. If we really look at our faith, there's no ambiguity. Jesus in John 6 said, Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you, for my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. And it goes on in John 6. I would encourage everybody to read that chapter over and over again on a regular basis. And that just gives me an opportunity to promote another great movie. Well, it's on YouTube called The Mass of the Ages, which talks about the extraordinary form of the Mass and the beauty of the Mass, what it is, how this has touched people through the centuries. I, I cried during that. I mean, it was so moving for me to see young people, old people, the, the explanation of what the Mass is. I, I've been going to daily Mass for over 50 years now. Uh, when I was 14, I'm 64 now. And so I said to myself, wow, that's something that I think today I said, I'm there present at that one eternal sacrifice. The angels are all there. The same, I mean, wow. I mean, think about the supernatural aspect of John 6. And I'll tell you, that will touch your soul for life. Now, Bishop Strickland, after that quote you mentioned about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, our soul redeemer of humanity, you have St. John Paul II saying, and without the love of Jesus, everything else is useless. Now, I mean, Bishop Sheen says if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. Uh, What a great quote from a saint that says, without the love of Jesus, everything else is useless. What a powerful statement for the world today. Your thoughts? Absolutely, Terry. And we need to, we really need to ponder that and take it deeply into our hearts and minds. Without the love of Jesus, everything else is useless. That means all the things that people fight wars over, all the things that um, are create such division, it's all useless. And it, it really is a reminder of, of putting things in perspective. Just to share something, you know, an insight that I had today. Yeah, tell us. Um, you know, we live in a world where, I mean, right there, as you're broadcasting radio, mm-hmm. um, we can push buttons and make things happen right. instantaneously. Yep. You know, I, in a few minutes, I'll after we're talking, I'll get in my car. It's one of these newer cars. You push a button. Don't <laughs> use a key anymore. You just push a button. The car starts and off we go. <laughs> what occurred to me, and I, I think this is just a simple insight, but I share it because I think it really is important. Yeah. We're so caught up in a world of technology, a world of our making. But really, if we look at nature, if we look at the world, if we look at our own lives, if we look at the world that God created, it's not about instantaneous things. It takes time. We plant a seed. It doesn't just pop out of the earth in a moment. Right. It gradually grows for us as I mean, we were both infants in the womb, then, you know, newborn little boys, and then we grew. We're still moving toward the end of our lives whenever that happens. It happens gradually. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's, there's something there that we need to pay attention to. If we look to nature, the way God works, it takes time. It takes a process. It takes a journey. Yeah. 
we're so caught up in the instant that this, the instant world tends to leave God out. And I think that's part of the reason is because we lose patience with things that take time. And, you know, there's such an effort in our culture to hold off death and to hold off aging. Yeah. We need to learn to age gracefully. Amen. I mean, whether we age gracefully or not, we're going to age. <laughs> we, can't, we can't change that. Can't stop aging. If, we're gonna, if we stay alive, we're getting older That's right. by the minute. Yeah. And we should be at peace with that. It's oh, yeah. part of God's beautiful plan. But it is a, a gradual unfolding in a journey of life. And there are even things that affect us in our human journey because of the instantaneous world that we're so influenced by. Not that many years ago, a couple of centuries, and all the buttons, all the instantaneous ability to change our world in a moment is gone. That's right. But as creatures created by God, the most glorious aspects, the beauty of creation is still there with us. Too often it's hidden behind the instantaneous automatic world that we live in. But as people of faith, we need to get more in touch with all of that that unfolds gradually. Even the sun rises slowly. It doesn't pop up into the sky and then pop back down. It's a gradual movement. We need to re-enter that world where God is in charge. Amen. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful. Stay with us, family. We'll have more. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. We're going to be going into the Catechism of the Catholic Church in this last segment. But I also wanted to just, uh, there was one other tweet that I think it's tied into a church situation, but it's, uh, it's really our Supreme Court. And then I want to tie that over to the Eucharist. But you said this, what a tragic place to find our nation at this time. The Supreme Court is expecting their examination of a law that says a person in the womb with a heartbeat should be protected. That's a no-brainer, really. And you said, is this any doubt? So sad that we are even asking the question, uh, a heartbeat. Uh, Bishop Strickland, thank you for standing up for life again and again. Well, sadly, Terry, we find ourselves almost on a daily basis having to speak up for the sanctity of the life of the unborn until natural death, all across the spectrum. Every life is sacred. Um, And there's so many issues in our world where life is denigrated and not held sacred. And it starts in the womb. Um, I I wanted to to tweet that. And just even as we've been talking, I looked at my phone and another um, message comes across that in the state of Vermont, yeah. they're trying, they're pushing for, and I guess the state legislature, I guess it's a, you know, as they say, a bicameral system, yeah. just like the national or the federal. Mm-hmm. But evidently, their um, their legislature has already approved a constitute a, for Vermont, a, an amendment to the Vermont Constitution making abortion a right. So sad. 
that is, I mean, so that's why we have to keep speaking up Absolutely. because more and more people are trying to insti institutionalize and it's pretty, it's already pretty institutionalized, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, thankfully in Texas, we have this heartbeat law, but even that is it still allowing abortion of too many. Right. I mean, it shouldn't be allowed for any, right. but you know, we've got to take the first down. The wins that we can. Yep. Yep. But in Vermont, they're trying to make it a state law yes, terrible. to have a right to murder unborn children. Terrible. That's just continuing the diabolical approach that is really infecting our whole world. Yep. I mean, we talk about the pandemic. The real pandemic is the the murder, the slaughtering of the unborn that is more and more, you know, taking over the whole world. I mean, how many millions I know. of children have died to abortion? It's tragic when any life is taken by disease or yeah. any other thing that intervenes with natural death. Yeah. That's what the church teaches. Life is sacred from conception to natural death. But to be institutionalizing and setting up laws like they're trying to do in Vermont, and, and sadly, that is probably what we're going to see happen. Yeah. Whatever the, the Supreme Court decides, individual states where they're legalizing murder is what it comes down to. It's it it really has to be opposed by people who believe that life is sacred. We cannot remain silent any longer. There's too much silence yeah. in the voices of the unborn. They never get a chance to speak. Right. Um, so it's, as you said, we keep repeating it, but we need to. And I'm going to keep repeating Thank it you. as long as I have a voice because I feel an obligation to okay. speak up for the voiceless unborn. And for all the suffering people that whose lives are not held sacred in all kinds of broken facets of our world. Well, Bishop Strickland, thank you for that strong voice, but I'm going to speak as a layman and might get you a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's the truth. And the truth is we're looking for leadership in our church to protect the unborn. And I want to say next month, I'm going to be in Baltimore, God willing, and I'm going to be there you know, praying for you, for the, all the bishops, not just for you, but all the bishops at that meeting in Baltimore in November. And one of the topics that I understand will be addressed, uh, and I talked to Bishop Cordelion just in August about this, that uh, the issue of giving Holy Communion to uh, politicians or to anyone who objectively says killing unborn babies is okay, he's for it, and they're still going to receive Holy Communion. And I just find that reprehensible and I'm hoping and praying that the leadership of the bishops will speak in one voice because I, I really do believe, Bishop Strickland, that it's scandalous that our leadership in the church isn't as clear as what you're just saying because you don't have to have a Ph.D. in theology to understand that when someone receives Holy Communion that they should be doing an examination of their conscience and if they're for killing unborn babies, they should not be receiving Holy Communion. Um, I don't mean to point the finger at the bishops, but there are leaders, man. I'm expecting the bishops to, to lead us in the truth about uh, the gospel when it comes to receiving Holy Communion properly. So uh, I guess I'm making you a little uncomfortable because you've got brother bishops who don't agree with what you're saying. Well, um, I'm, it doesn't really make me uncomfortable. It, it really is 
a a tragic reality. Yeah. Where I mean, people talk about, you know, we need unity in the church. We need unity among the bishops. Yeah. Where do we find the unity? The truth. In Jesus Christ. Amen. In truth incarnate. Yeah. And if we can't agree on basic church teaching that life is sacred from conception to natural death. Yeah. And and again, it, it's almost like as just one among many bishops in a in a smaller diocese that many people don't know where it is, but that doesn't really matter. I have the same apostolic responsibility as the archbishop of the largest archdiocese in the world. Yep. Um, even if if I were bishop, if they found the very smallest diocese in the church, I would still have the same spiritual responsibility to proclaim Jesus Christ and proclaim his truth right. with love, with clarity, with a lack of ambiguity. Amen. And, and that's really what I pray for, yeah. for the, the bishops of this country, and not just this country, but the bishops of Canada, the bishops of Australia, the bishops of Great Britain, the bishops of Germany, Amen. the bishops of Italy, all the bishops, wherever we are. Yeah. We're really not the bishops of the United States. We're bishops of the Catholic faith. Amen. We're successors of the apostles that Jesus Christ chose. We are members of the universal church, the Catholic community. The geography Certainly, it it is is part of who we are, but it's not the most important thing. Right. We're not primarily bishops of the United States. We're primarily successors of the apostles of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one who unifies us. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life that guides us. And the ambiguity and the lack of clarity and the spectrum of division yep. that is there, whether, I mean, certainly Christ prays for unity in the Gospels. He prays for us to be one, but the only way that we can be one, the only way for us to be united is in him. He's incarnate truth. And the divisions that we find are sociological and based on all kinds of things besides Jesus Christ. If we we, you know, we frequently go to the catechism and read paragraphs from the catechism. That spells it out for us. That's right. But there are bishops that basically disagree with various paragraphs of the catechism. And as I've said, if I say anything that contradicts a paragraph of the catechism, I would ask to be corrected because I want to be faithful to Christ and I want to be faithful to his church. But the interpretations and the sort of ambiguous statements that the catechism, as we've read it, and I don't claim to be a great scholar, and I don't think you do either. No. But we've got brains, and we can read those words, <laughs> and we can understand what it says. It's not ambiguous. No. The catechism is not ambiguous. It states clearly the basic truth of our faith beautifully exactly quoting scripture going back to the church fathers that's what we need to go back to and that's the only unity we're going to have is in jesus christ truth incarnate he is the great unifier he is the one son of god who has come from the father 
They both sent the Spirit to guide us. We need to look to God, Father, Son, and Spirit to be guided in the truth that sets us free. Wow. Thank you for saying that. A big amen to that. We're at the end of the hour. I just want to encourage everybody to get that Catechism of the Catholic Church that Bishop Strickland was referring to. Uh, We usually get to it. This time we didn't. Uh, But the format is using Bishop Strickland's tweets and then getting the Catechism at the end of the show to help confirm and teach us the faith. What you just said, though, Bishop Strickland, is inspirational to us lay people because nothing you said was ambiguous. It was very clear that we have a mandate to follow, and it's Jesus Christ. And, you know, I always say this, and this is my line, that uh, we don't follow a bishop like you, Bishop Strickland. We don't follow a priest or monsignor, archbishop, cardinal, even the pope. He's the vigor of Christ. He's not the superior of Christ. So what do we do? We follow Jesus. Who's on that cross behind me? It's Jesus Christ. And I want to just encourage everyone to continue to look these things up in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Know what the perennial teachings of the Church are so that you feel comfortable when it comes to uh, knowing your faith. Is this what the Catholic Church teaches? The way to look it up is, look, there's an index Look up, like, for example, purgatory. Next week, we're going to talk about it because we'll be in the month of November. Some people say, well, that's something we don't teach anymore. Wrong. Look it up so that you can feel comfortable about what the church teaches and don't feel like, gee, I don't know what to believe anymore. No, you know what to believe. It's taught in the Catholic faith's perennial teachings of the church in this catechism. St. John Paul II said it well at the opening of the catechism. This is a sure norm of the faith. So if for some reason you run into a priest, a bishop, who's not teaching the Catholic faith, pray for him. But don't argue. I really mean that. Pray for him. Because this shouldn't affect your faith in a bad way, because when you know the faith, it's what sets you free. Bishop Strickland, uh, could you give us your blessing? We're down to just a minute now. Sure. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all who are participating in this radio program and all the work that Virgin Most Powerful Radio does to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism of our Catholic faith, guiding us through the ages. We pray that all who are listening may be strong in their faith, joyful in knowing Christ, and energetic in sharing His message. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Folks, I want to mention you can go to vmpr.org to get all the podcasts of Bishop Strickland. I hope this inspired you. This show is being called Stand Up for Jesus Moment. That's what we're called to as Catholics and committed ones. So thanks again for joining us. We'll see you again next week, the same time, same station. God love you and your family. <laughs>